Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex in the City podcast where we dive into every episode of Sex in the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that, I am Smith Bush, and of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm thriving, as you can see. Absolutely thriving. It's thriving. been a while since we've done this. It's been like two weeks. I know. It's been we, a minute. I had the flu. We still took a recovering. little holiday break. Also, yeah. not really, because it's yeah. neither the holidays, and it wasn't really a break. Right. But here we are. We're going to get you these guys. Are I don't think we're going to take a break over the holidays for them. No, 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 no. I think maybe we'll take a week off, but for all of you, it'll be, you'll because Christmas falls on a Monday. That doesn't really care. You're going to get your shortcomings the Wednesday after, wait, is Christmas on a Monday? I think no. it might be Sunday. <laughs> it's on it's a, a Sunday. Because I have Monday off also. Yeah, I was like, wait, is it? I don't I know. Think about that. I don't know what's I don't know what's up. I haven't done down. anything. Although I don't really do anything for Christmas. Like that's not something like I'm not a decor I love Christmas decorations, mm-hmm. but I'm always getting other people. I'm like, you need to get something going. Yeah, but you're not doing it no, yourself. But I'm trying to get my a dear friend Brie to get a third a second and third Christmas tree going in her house. And an outdoor tree. She absolutely should. I one of my neighbors decorates an out their outside tree and it's the most stunning thing I've ever seen. It brings a tear to my eye every year. <laughs> but I can't personally make Christmas happen. Why? What's holding I don't you know. Back? I just think Christmas is in my heart more than it is in my home physical space because it is the happiest time of year i'm really loving it getting together with buddies having a ball of a time i'm coming to visit when no you're not i'm kidding (laughs) what are you talking about it's just a lie (laughs) i was feeling silly what else is going on in your life i mean other than you i can't wear a stitch of makeup i look like a fucking I look like Jim Edmonds. And my remember, if you want to see that, better. just pop over to YouTube. It's available my to you. My face has never been more swollen or red in life. It's so fucking dry. Like, I am lathered up with lotion and oils. Yet, none of it seems to be landing. <sighs> Listen. I'd love to take, like, just a one of those cleansing wipes to you. You're quite shiny. I know. It's because of my oils. <laughs> it's because of all the oils. So many oils. So many lotions and potions. Ugh, you know, I love a serum. You do. And get some on the way serum? in the mail. I don't, you know, no, none of them are paying me, so we won't be talking about them on this okay, podcast. Okay, but you'll text me. I'll think about it. Do you have dry skin? No, that's not oh, really my issue. That's not your, your problem? Okay. Yeah. It's more, you know, needing to keep it constantly hydrated and moisturized and hoping I don't over exfoliate and just things turn into a disaster. Wow. But again, I I wish I'd never started any of this because I know my skin would be perfect. It's always the fucking people that like use Dove Bar soap and like a Cetaphil. Dove Bar? I've seen people with ivory soap and their skin's like the best I've ever seen. Ever. I bet Kate Blanchett doesn't do a thing. Not a fucking thing. Well, you know, I do have a new obsession, and it is the new Steven Spielberg movie, The Fablements. Have I talked about that on this podcast? No, you haven't. Allow me a sidebar. Guys, it's Absolutely. the best movie I've ever seen. You've got to see it. It's a Steven Spielberg biopic. Michelle Williams is giving a performance for the ages in a crazy wig. Paul Dano is giving Midwestern daddy realness. This young actor who's playing Steven Spielberg is a star. There's a young actress. I don't have a name on her, but she plays his first girlfriend. A comedy queen. Should be on Sex Lives of College Girls. Maybe she will be. And the last shot of the movie is one of the most beautiful, moving, hilarious things I've ever seen. It's providing context for all of his work. He's the filmmaker of our generation, and I just ask that everyone get their eyes on it. And I can't wait for it to be streaming so I can get at it again and again and again. Excuse me? Like, what movies has he made? Steven Spielberg? Like, I know he's, like, super famous. But I'm trying to think of a movie. You can't name one Steven Spielberg movie? The most prolific filmmaker in our entire... For the last 40 years, I think? No, I'm... Can you you not tell me? I I don't even know where to begin. It's like like asking me to, like, quantify Did he make E.T.? Yes. Okay. E.T., Schindler's List, The Color Purple, Jaws, 
Jurassic Park. That's James Cameron. Okay. War of the Worlds. I mean, he's... War of the Worlds? It's one of his best movies, and sadly it has... um, Has Tommy in it? And I don't like talking. I, I know everybody's. This has been the fucking year of Mr. Cruz. Thanks to that shit movie everyone went to see. But if everyone else is okay for getting the human rights violations that he's a part of, that's okay. I just personally can't let that go. Me personally, <laughs> I can't see past that. I don't know about you. You know, I had to let enough go when I have, now that I'm a Leah Michelle stan. I can't also go the route. That's too much. It's That's like, too I, much I can't, to carry. I can't le- let Leah Michelle and Tom Cruise in. You no, know, no, no. one problematic person, white person a year. Right. Yeah. But that's a wild question of you to ask. What movie has Steven Spielberg directed? Did, did, you the know, Brothers? I... The Band of Brothers? Did you not get your eyes on that? Oh, is that the War series? The HBO, Lincoln? West Side Story from last year that was nominated for like 12 <laughs> Oscars and I think you saw. No. You were on a fucking cruise when Rachel Zegler didn't get nominated. I mean, get nominated. Because um, I to love, the you know how I am. You <laughs> know, I, I know. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely, like, I know that he's super famous. He does that like all the classics. be the dumbest question you've ever asked on this podcast. And I've asked you to of, marry me. I think it is honestly more shocking to ask, what did Steven Spielberg direct? Sure. Do you have you know? Do you could you name a film by uh, Martin Scorsese? Like The Godfather. Uh-oh. Oh my god! Who the, did Godfather the Godfather is not by Martin Scorsese. It's by Francis Ford Coppola. I know. You're nothing. thinking of Goodfellas. Yes, that's what that's the movie I was thinking of. Yeah, that's Goodfellas. And, and Django. That's Quentin Tarantino. I'm so sick of these men. <laughs> <laughs> they all blend together to me. I don't know who's who. They all feel the film, same. Quite different filmographies and personalities as filmmakers. So shocking to get any of them mixed up. James Cameron, who's made like one movie in the last 20 years. It's like Avatar and then Radio Silence from that fucker. Yeah, well, we're about um, to get so many Avatars up our going to be everywhere what the fuck is that movie i Avatar don't know the way of the water i never have seen the first one i've seen like parts i saw it in college and haven't looked back i don't know why we're getting eight more sequels i don't know what kate well Winslet also is like thinking. give us the give us the the second movie like why are you already planning eight movies he's like there will be the 18 more of these it did take me 18 years to make the second I'm like are you gonna live long enough to make these no and my friend worked on avatar 2 and like there were James As a Cameron water specialist. Well, he got to drive Adele once because Adele visited the set. I was like, so that's really a... cool. So he's a just. He a... was like a personal assistant. Like he was to just Adele like, to like James Cameron. Oh, okay. Or something. Why the fuck did? Oh my god, is Adele doing a song for Avatar? No, no, no. The way of the water. I don't think <laughs> so. I think she's friends with like Zoe Zaldana or something. I really don't like that about Adele. Like what? That she's friends with so many famous people. Like I don't know. I just feel. What like do you she, want from her? I wanted her to remain in London. Our like homey, our homey and homeland, homely. Not homely. That's not the word you're looking for. I, I think it is. Our like, <laughs> like she's a bit too glamorous now. Oh, you don't like the glam. Like I liked her when she was our. I didn't chasing even like her when she got to twenty one. Yeah, I wanted her chasing pavements. Mm-hmm. Adele. Like yeah, that just was like you could the whole different girl. Her. Yeah it's i don't know there's just a certain level of polish to her now that i'm not loving i i understand that for sure and the albums um, aren't good anymore um so that's a really big problem yeah Sorry, uh, should we get into sex in the city well before we do oh okay i think we need to talk about the shorties oh yes, yes, yes. because we love each and every one of you love but someone has really bubbled up to the top as and I don't know what we want to call him, the king of the shorties, the shortest Lord shorty, of the shorties, Lord Shorty, Lord uh, you know, borrowing from Mr. Disick. Um, <laughs> he's definitely a lord. But we got a review from one Mark C. Davies, mm. and guys, it shocked me to my core. I haven't been right since it came into us about a week and a half ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And the title of it was simply Tens, Tens, Tens. And I thought, oh, great. 
wonderful. He's five stars, five tens, stars. tens, tens. So Huge I'm like, fan. He's given us five stars. And then he said after that, actually, if I could, I'd give him 10. Three tens, 30s. 30s. Mm-hmm. And then, then I read the text. And he said simply, their taste in men is alarming, but they're quite funny. Oh, that was tough. It was really tough to hear. Father God in heaven. Is and our taste he, in men alarming? And who does he mean? Does he mean our taste in men in general? Has he right. scoped out our Instagrams and seen like some men we've piled around with? Yeah. Is he talking about our taste in the men from Sex in the City? I think that's Mark, what he's Please talking. let us know. Yeah. Write us another I, review with I, an explanation. Obviously, do five stars. No, no, I don't want him working in that space because I'm afraid he might like um take knock us down a few stars. He is not afraid to judge us. So if you could just DM one of us, Mark. Yeah. And let just us let us know so that w- we can honor ourselves and maybe explain ourselves. Because if he means my men personally, I don't know. I think I've got pretty good taste in men. And now if he means celebrity men, I can go off the beaten path there. <laughs> yeah? You think? Although I love them all, and I think they're quite talented and gorgeous. But I can't imagine he's talking about DDL. You think he's talking about Michael Keaton? No, I th- I think he's talking about, like, Funky Spunk. I think he's talking about the men of the show. Like the um, way we stand big. Yeah, it's The way we drag Pete. down Aiden. Yeah, I think that that's where he's coming maybe from. Maybe he's a Steve fan, and he's just like, I can't have this. Like, maybe he will always ride for his man, Steve Brady. Wow. But... All I know is that no review we've gotten, and I love each and every... Well, I don't love all of our reviews. Some of them have been quite mean. We haven't gotten a mean one in a long time. Well, I saw one recently that wasn't oh, great. Yeah. It was kind of tough on me. Oh, on you. <laughs> Thank God. Uh-huh. I take it. You, I don't think you can take another bad one. They've knocked really... you down a few pegs. Really... If, and usually, I will say that usually when they knock you down, it's like we love the podcast don't really care for her it's always like yeah they're always like everything's great we could get rid of her yeah to that i say what the podcast wouldn't exist it would it it, wouldn't it would just be different it would be me rambling incoherently god that's already is so mark right into us we love you he's the president of the shorties shortest shorty lord shorty Good luck topping that review if you'd like yeah. to come for his title. Because I Please. don't think anyone can. No. Right now Alarming. we are. I'm knighting him Lord, Lord of the Shorties. Shorty. Much like Lady McGonagall. Who was it? Lady Umbridge. <laughs> Lady McGonagall. No, it was Lady Umbridge. Would you feel like her name is Lady Umbridge? <laughs> Gotten a lot of re- got a lot of remarks about that. How wrong. You did? More. And yeah, how I was morning. correct. People like it's not Lady Umbridge. I really thought it was. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, let's get into this episode. We Ugh. are covering season four, episode five, Ghost Town. Yes. Let's start with a little synopsis. Carrie faces the specter of her past choices. Samantha exercises some new skills. Charlotte confronts the vision of her apartment. And Miranda is haunted by a poltergeist. Mm. Interesting interesting i really tried to get some like i haven't looked at this outline in a bit and i really tried to get some like ghost metaphors going in you that, really uh, did you're like the poltergeist <laughs> poltergeist were... specters visions and exorcisms i really tried yeah, to you get were... some going in there <laughs> i must have been quite bored the day i did that you just like googled like ghost ghost words because <laughs> i definitely didn't have um specter at like just the tip of my finger tonight no i did no one here would think that you did so to be i don't know what did you think of this episode overall i loved this episode to me this was like a classic episode of sex in the city we got good you don't think no i'm listening to you talk oh i thought your eyes bugged out so i was concerned i just feel like a lot of these, like, storylines, like, I specifically remember when I think about Sex in the City. Like, if someone were to be like, Samantha, I'd be like, she wore a strap on. You know? 
Oh, and I was kind of fuzzy on what the new skill she exer- exercised was, and it's um the strap-on. I was like, yeah. whatever could I have been referring to? <laughs> the strap-on dick. The strap-on. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that, of course. You know, I would say, I think my memory of this episode when it originally airs is that when it originally aired and I was first watching the show, is, is that it's an incredibly important episode because it's the return of Aiden. Then I'm when gonna I have so many thoughts on this. Well, keep them to yourselves because I'm mid sentence. <laughs> so sorry. Was that a comma? So sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna hear about Continue. that in the reviews. Continue. <laughs> um, is the, uh, but then when I rewatched it the first time for this outline, I was like, I don't like this at all. And then we had a week to sit with it because you weren't feeling well. Right. And I have to say it grew in that one week to me. Like, is this a great episode? It's a great episode. It's a classic. Let's hear the monologue and then um, start breaking this shit down. New York is definitely haunted. Old lovers, ex-boyfriends, anyone you have unresolved issues with, you are bound to run into again and again until you resolve them. My relationship with Aiden was long dead, but with one invitation, he was suddenly a presence in my life again. Or had he been there all along, like the chair he made that I could never bring myself to sell. When a relationship dies, do we ever really give up the ghost? Or are we forever haunted by the spirits of relationships past? All right, guys. Well, apologies, because we've been told to pipe the fuck down during the clips. And again, this is a visual medium. And so it was a shock to look over and see Sam just grab a giant tissue and just start dabbing at her nose. Like, can you, like, pay attention? I thought I could take that opportunity to blow my nose. And then, like, mid-blow, I realized that we're on camera. Yeah, and I, I saw like, your oh, face. I was like, she has completely forgot that this is going on the World Wide Web. I completely forgot. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Uh, sorry to the YouTube watchers, Mary sorry. and oh, Mary and Co. Yeah, my mom. That's it. Oh, I love Mary. So, clearly, this is an episode that, right, focuses on what's haunting us from our past. And one thing I will say is, I think this show is obsessed with, like, in New York City. In New York And, of course, it should be. And that's, like, why a million girls have moved there and bought Manolo Blahniks and wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw is the specificity of the show. But I just couldn't stop thinking about the fact that I feel like that's even truer in Baltimore. Because, I mean, the nickname for Baltimore is Smaltimore. And that you can't escape a goddamn person here. You're going to walk into a bar and see literally 18 people you fucked. Yeah. And I can attest to this only because Chris will text me probably once a week and be like, just ran into an ex. Just Just ran ran into into some errant man I slept with once and then ghosted. Yeah, and I'm like, how are you running into these people? They're every which way. You can't swing a dick in this city without meeting somebody you swung a dick on. Wow. It's tough. Because, like, in Detroit, you'd think that that's how it would be, too, because it's, like, kind of, like, a small city. But, like, I literally don't run into anybody ever. Well, that's because you don't leave your home. That is not true. (laughs) Never not seeing you in that home. I'm always here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, I don't know what this question... Again, I wrote this outline so long ago. It's like you're visiting a ghost. Yeah, it's like I'm being haunted by my own past choices and confronted afresh. (laughs) How much do we move on from our relationships? What does that mean? Is that whatever could I have meant by writing that? I don't know. I don't know, honestly. But you know, do we ever move on? I don't know. <laughs> I think we move on. I'm someone that like can move on really quickly. Like the moment it's over, it's over for me. Like I don't think about them. I don't talk about them really. Like I'm pretty done. Yeah, and I as again, it's just something I'm never not circling back, becoming friends. Yeah, you morph, love to become friends. Trying to morph something into something else, like, hey girl, look. So stupid. Um, I like literally never talk to my exes ever again. There's only like one ex that I was like pretty hung up on that I was like just being a clown, like literal clown behavior. Well, I but wouldn't say I'm clowning it up like you. No, do. I'm fully a clown. I just yeah. believe in, like, if I, I should say, I will throw you away if we casually dated or it was a few weeks or months. But if we were really in it, 
I, I, I genuinely try to maintain a kind of friendly relationship because I think like, if I loved you, I think there is a way for us to translate that love into, if not a close friendship, which I have with some exes, then at least a um, ability to check in on one another and share the common language that bonded us while we were together. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's really big of you. It's really lovely. Um, I could never do any of that ever. That's why you're a small person. Exactly. Do and you that want is a compliment. more bad reviews? <laughs> yes. I mean, no. I think people now really get it. I think at the beginning they were like, what's going on? Oh, oh my God. At the beginning, people literally were like, thought I was being held captive. I thought I was fucking roasting your ass left yeah. and right. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into the least of these stories, in my opinion. And actually, I'd be interested to hear, because this is one where I had a harder time ranking them. Right. In terms of, like, who's the slightest to the biggest. Mm -hmm. Clearly, I think Carrie is always going to be last. She's our main character. But do you think Charlotte has the slightest storyline, or would you give that more to Miranda? I kind of have a hot take, and I would give it to Samantha. (gasps) Really? That's such a big story for her, though. I know, I guess, but I just feel like in terms of like where the other also, women I didn't mean to explain me. like that. It wasn't that much of a shock. <laughs> I thought you I told guess, me like, like JFK was dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I really enjoyed Samantha's storyline. Obviously, I love this episode so much, but like out of all of them, to me, it's like the least like, okay. Okay. Well, the, having said that, we're going to start with Charlotte. Lovely. Um, Because I thought Samantha was quite important. Okay. So Charlotte, basically, she wants to get a new bed because she needs a fresh start. And Bunny Mm -hmm. is not having it. I feel like Charlotte and Trey are never not in Bed Bath & Beyond. They're They're always in like a Macy's home department. Yeah. I feel like we've seen them in this one set a million times. Yeah, when they were picking out their registry. And I'm so tired of seeing them in this set. I know. But it was great to see Bunny again. If I ever saw a dust ruffle on a bed. What would you think? What the fuck? Like, Is scared. a dust ruffle different than a bed skirt? I think they're the same thing. Okay. I, no, I think they're the same too. But a bed skirt curious. to me is a better name for it. Dust ruffle seems dust shocking. Ruffle. <laughs> dust ruffle seems very like colonial. It seems like something you would use to clean. Yeah, no. It's... Now... This ultimately leads to Charlotte realizing that Bunny has way too much control over the apartment. She's disgusted with all this plaid and the mallards every which way. And I have to say, I am so obsessed with Trey and Charlotte as a comedic duo. And I love Harry so much. He's, you know, kind of the king of this show to me, if you had to really zero out. And really, if I had to pick a man who I truly wanted to spend time with, it would probably be Harry. But in terms of just pure comedy, Trey like, oh, no, I'll talk to mother. And then just waking up the next day sick. I was like, this is a sitcom and I'm here for it. No, Charlotte and Trey have great chemistry, great comedic chemistry together. They're really funny. Trey doesn't get his props for being a comedy king. Honestly. He's he's one of the few truly funny men on the show where Mm -hmm. he's giving a comedic performance on par with the women like if you think of any carrie's lovers none of i wouldn't say any of them are fucking funny no one except john slattery is funny to me oh i was just talking about the big four like oh like the core four four. oh yeah the core four i wasn't funny but he's not like a comedy king yeah like he's he's just like he's never matching her in terms of comedy and the way his character is written isn't meant to i would say the same is true of petrotsky Burger and um, who's the other one? Aiden. Oh, Aiden. <laughs> literally. Uh, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, less said about that guy. Um, same with Miranda. Miranda never had Dr. Robert is not funny. Steve is not really funny. No. Shocking, she only gets kind of two love interests through the run of the original show. Yeah. Two kind of major love interests, right? Dr. Robert and Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, now we have Che. Right. Also, how could we not forget? Funny. Also, oh, not funny. <laughs> to be uh, a, at a comedian. All. To be a comedian. Um, I just loved, I do a lot of weed. 
<laughs> um hey it's che diaz god i can't god. wait for Angel i Soul can't to come fucking back. wait um and then with samantha like uh, richard ain't funny richard's and, not funny and um smith what's his name funny. smith is not funny I guess you could argue um, Sonia. What the fuck is Sonia Braga's name on this show? Maria. Maria. She's kind of funny. She gives a little bit of and something. We'll, yeah, and we'll get to her a little bit later. But Trey um, is truly the funniest of all the love interests in the history 100%. of Sex and City. And so he's down bad. He's now. Do you think he's faking, or is he's he sick? sick? Yeah, I think he's really sick. <laughs> oh, I thought he was a faking son of a bitch, which is why I was really? laughing. Yeah, it's like nothing's wrong with this man. Oh, no. I thought he was feeling a little sick. But then Bunny comes over to rub him down with Vic's... And and again, we have to talk about Trey. He is really sleeping a lot. Because he slept through when Charlotte was putting stamps around his dick. Now he's sleeping through these women. Truly assault... And and this is someone who has taken much NyQuil in my life to pass out. (laughs) You don't pass out so much so that if people are rubbing your... God, aggressively rub his chest though it looked he, it was so really glistening. Tr- no, the was way glistening. he listens <laughs> he shimmers he shimmers like um what was that vampire's name edward yeah him okay you better hold on tight spider monkey one day this will become a twilight podcast please never um i only saw the first movie and was obsessed but then was like i can't keep these going <laughs> no um but let's hear bunny and samantha get into it because these two are up to stuff Hmm. bunny what are you doing i remembered i had some fix in my bag it's the best thing for a cold but i already gave him some nyquil nyquil doesn't cure anything charlotte except consciousness don't you think i should do that oh i've been doing it since he was a child it's no bother Me. Not on his tummy, Charlotte. You're trying to break up the phlegm. Oh, let me. You don't know what you're doing. And you're being very inappropriate. Bunny. I'm sorry, but this just isn't going to work. Trey and I are back together, and this is our house. And we will redecorate it as we see fit. No more plaid. No more duck. I've been in this house far longer than you, my dear. And unlike you, I never left. Believe me, the decoys may come and go. But I'm going to be here forever. Bunny don't play. Bunny is has no fucking time for Charlotte. She's Thanks like, are. let me rub my grown son. And uh, this is my fucking house, bitch. And a part of me, they were never going to work, Trey and Charlotte, because Bunny is right. Trey Trey is a weak man Mm -hmm. who she will always come first. And Charlotte needed to be with someone whose parents are dead, like um, Harry. Harry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, it makes me sad because I really do think, like, during this rewatch and us talking about it. Trey has really grown in our estimation. Um. Like, if you would have told me three years ago that I was, like, going to stand Trey and think that he was, like, one of the best men on the show, like, I I would have... Well, I've always been a Trey girl. I, like, never was. I was like, he's a fucking dweeb. He's a loser. He's so mean to her. Like, he can't fuck. Like, I... That's what I thought. And now I'm like... Half the time we've been like, Charlotte, can you shut up and leave this nice man alone? I know. And like, (laughs) let him play tennis and be sexy. Jesus Christ. Sit off to the side and masturbate. I would. Yeah. What are we talking about? Trey. (laughs) Um, But one thing I did want to just point out. So, right. Ultimately, the story ends with uh, Bunny walking down to them having sex and realizing she shouldn't pop over. They were fucking. I was so proud of them. Although it was one of those scenes, and look, again, I don't have heterosexual sex with women. Uh-huh. I was like, why is her bra on? Because to me, it connotes that she was sleeping with it on, which seems untenable. No, 
I mean, I understand that. Sometimes your bra's on. It just to me is always like one of those things of like, well, the actress didn't want it to like, she didn't want to be fully nude. So she's in a bra. I'm like, take your clothes off. Take it off, Shar Shar. Take your top off. Like, although no, ladies, keep your clothes on. Men, take your clothes off. We need less ladies' bodies, more, more men's, men's bodies. bodies. The White Lotus is really showing us some dick. Yeah, but it's all prosthetic. I know, but it's still exciting. I know, but I mean, I'm not even watching White Lotus season two. We'll get into that another time. <laughs> okay. I've got hot. I've got hot takes for a season I've never seen. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, but I do love this story because it is about her reclaiming this apartment that will ultimately, I think, symbolize not only status for Charlotte, yeah, but a kind of winning over of this relationship. And so I think it's important we see her starting to transform it into her own domestic space but in some ways it is like she is kick she's pushing the medugal out though even yeah. as she begins to remove stuff and ultimately she's going to remove trey right out of there mm-hmm. and now that we're talking about it charlotte is like the lesser storyline right it's all. nothing going yeah. yeah like now that we're really talking about it, i'm like wait you're right okay and i i do appreciate this and i hope we and right this whole episode of being about ghosts i I kept thinking about kind of, isn't and just like that in some ways a ghost story? Yeah. Why the fuck can't Trey darken our doors? (sighs) I need to see him on and just like that. I just wanted to bounce in and out. I don't need him like a full blown character. I need Harry to like, I need Trey to be remarried and Harry to somehow be handling Trey's divorce. And that is how we see him. Yes. And then Charlotte comes to visit Trey, Harry in the office. And Trey's just there, like, his big Magoo face. Like, oh, Charlotte, hello again. Yeah. How's my apartment? Oh, my God. We, that needs to happen. Like, I just need... This episode really reminded me of him just like that in some ways. This <laughs> The antics, the hijinks, the, antics, the, the goofiness. Charlotte kind of her persistent need for it really reminded me of that episode of um where she's like you need to apologize to me and sorry not sorry yeah as Demi Lovato would say say. sorry not sorry yeah I don't know this whole episode just like that very and just like that yeah let's get into Miranda, who I think in this episode is pretty firmly Miranda. Not a lot of Rambo. Not a lot of Rambo running through. She's strictly Miranda. Um, Wow. So she runs into Steve in the morning. And A, they've been layering this weird story on Miranda where um, she's very worried about money. Mm -hmm. Like she wouldn't buy the expensive chocolate cake. Then in this, the woman's like, your muffin and coffee will be $7.50. I'm like, Miranda, that's like normal. Is Well, I guess I'm thinking from 2020, maybe in yeah. 20, 2001, $7.50 for a bit coffee and a muffin was insane. But she gets this double take and I'm like, Miranda, you're wealthy. Yeah, you're a lawyer. And you live in a like really nice apartment in Manhattan. Like you have money. Can we- yeah. I don't know why we're layering that on her other than to make her the relatable, realistic one. Mm-hmm. But then she bounces out and sees Steve. And my first two notes for this episode is Steve is a fucking maniac and Jessica is a bitch. Fuck Jessica. How dare she we her? How dare she? This episode is actually is um, where I locate my um, distaste for the word we. Mm. Like I distinctly remember seeing this and thing, and it cr- it created a sense in my head. And I did go on a date with a guy a few weeks ago, and he said we were doing something. And I said, "Well, really, you are accompanying me to dinner." Okay. Did you ever see him again? No, but okay. I. That was more on my part. Yeah. Um. No, and then you know I loved the little subtle moment, maybe not so subtle, but when he was like, "Oh, you didn't get it. You didn't get the invite in the mail." Oh, that and was not was, subtle. Yeah, and she was like, invite? To what? Like, she was freaking out, thinking that it was, like, a wedding invite. But also... Which, why the fuck would he invite you to his wedding? And also, why aren't you checking your mail? Like, he did mail it. Right. We never quite figured out why she hadn't seen it. Or is Steve a you and is sending invitations for something on Saturday on, like, Wednesday? I feel that's what he's doing. fucking Steve. A hundred percent. But um, Miranda is freaking out and she calls Carrie, who is supportive. And I do love the line. And I think of it very often when Carrie says, how could you have had a like mini freak out? I haven't even had coffee yet. Right. 
Like, that happened to us yesterday. Oh, I was nine. broken down by 9.37 by a.m. <laughs> I distinctly looked down and thought, oh, this day is ruined. It's 9.37 a.m. Yeah. At 9.37 a.m., I said I need a Pinot Grigio immediately. Immediately. Yeah. And Carrie is supportive to a point, but when she sees that Aiden is coming, she's like, what the fuck? I'm not going. Not only is Aiden coming, he's like hosting it. But I thought it was weird that all the women are like, what? They're friends? They saw them together last season. I don't think they thought it would be like business partner I know, but they say, how do they even know each other? That's true. I think that this is one of those things where, and this is pre-streaming and really even DVDs, that the writers felt the need to explain. It's like, we should just remember. But because we're not re-watching things or watching things in such quick succession, they're Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe if no one remembers that, we have to fully introduce this idea that they know one another, when in fact we already know they know one another. Right. No, that's a good point. And then, and this is where the episode really started to get in just like that to me, because oh. we did this storyline in the season 10, episode 10 finale of In Just Like That with Carrie having a ghost with Big in that lamp. Yeah. Miranda is afraid she's got a ghost. She's hearing something. Now, do you sleep with your cat directly in bed next to you? Sure do. I don't know why, and I love to snuggle up to a dog in bed, but it was making me sick and itchy. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, like Barb will come up like right next to me. I don't know. That but just she never unsafe. like snuggles like on me. It's always just like right next to me. And shout out to all our cat owners, you know. Yeah. I love all pets. I'm just deeply allergic to cats. And I was just like, get that cat out of the bed. I don't know. Well, for you, yeah. But like for normal like people <laughs> that aren't allergic. No, it like makes sense. But fatty. Have you ever felt you had a ghost when you lived in that um, tiny little sweat box? <laughs> um... I you did. were haunted by a lot in that. Apartment. I was haunted by real, real. I don't things. think we should get into that. Yeah, um, <laughs> problematic. So, I don't. I don't think I was ever haunted by a ghost, but I do remember moving in and thinking there has to be some sort of spirit here because the building is so old. I do remember that. And did that spirit ever speak to you? No. I think it was like a nice spirit. Oh, no, I, I'm lying. I do remember a ghost. I named her Carol um, and Barb because Barb would meow at a certain corner of the wall. And famously, cats are very attuned to go comings and goings of ghosts. They are. The no, are. I know that to be true. Yeah. I know so few things to be true. So I, I have to that. be honest. When I first saw your outline before I watched this episode, I thought the poltergeist meant Steve. Like she was haunted by Steve. She is. That is what I meant. We're going to get there. Oh, okay. So Carrie comes over and they have a very sweet conversation about their feelings for both guys. And you can tell that they're eating Oreos. These two are never not eating. Twizzlers, Oreos. They are snacky. brownies, bagels. The bullshit bagel. Oh, fuck. We got to get to that. The bullshit bagels. Yeah. (sighs) Carrie's worst moment. And you can tell Carrie's kind of really wavering and thinking about Steve. But I, I'm sorry. Well, maybe she is thinking about Steve. Yeah. Um, I would be. Wait, would I? Would you? What? <laughs> huh? He does have a cute ass. And I did just watch the first movie. Oh, that tight little tush. He, that tight little butt when they're fucking. Yeah. And she's like, get off of me, you dummy. She's like, can you wrap this up? <laughs> I love Miranda. She's, mad. She's so nuts. Um, but Miranda, I think, is a bit more resolute, at least in her attempt to try to get over Steve. Mm-hmm. And they end up having a really nice conversation at the bar. And let's hear that and then wrap up. You came. I'm so glad. So, what do you think? I think... I think you did good. Really? You mean it? Mm-hmm. Because I never would have done this if it wasn't for you. What are you talking about? I didn't do anything. Are you kidding me? This whole thing was your idea. You always told me I should start my own bar. I never forgot that. I just never thought that I could, so... Thanks. You did good. And just like that, Miranda gave up the ghost. Come on, let's get you drunk. <laughs> so see, Steve is her poltergeist. <laughs> you came! You came! <laughs> like, sir, can you chill? 
it's so aggressive to listen to when you're not watching it like it sounds very very different but don't Um, you think steve is a menace because couldn't he have just said this to her when she first saw him yes but you know i i enjoyed the sweet moment that they had i don't know really cemented them as like friends to me not lovers well they will be soon Mm. i just i don't know steve to me is such a clown he's such a flop he really is you can't (laughs) that really was wild it's really now all i can think about (laughs) and it (laughs) also she told you she was coming can you chill the fuck out yeah but he was like really happy that she was there yeah i don't know i just think like there's a reason she does not like this man like she does not care for this man like, she cares about him about him but she does but not she care does for not him. like him like that. no, no, no she's no. just like this guy is disgusting yeah she, she even says like you i do appreciate the mirroring of right when they broke up she says we did good like we yeah. and that this is her acknowledging okay steve you did good mm-hmm. i do think that the scene would be a little stronger if we had seen her say to him open a bar yeah uh, but we've never seen that. We all yeah. we've we've only seen heard her say, I believe, to Carrie in the Magnolia Bakery scene. Oh no, it's when they're all having their um nails done in the mm-hmm. cast system episode. And she says, No, he does not want to own a bar. He is happy, he's content being a bartender. Mm-hmm. So we've only seen her be judgmental behind his back mm-hmm. and not encouraging. Right. And I think in some ways, if we'd seen her be more encouraging and Steve like just like not be able to handle her telling him what to do and being insecure about that level of their relationship, it would make, it would have made their, or at least to, I think other viewers, cause I'm on Miranda's side and their breakup, it would have made their breakup feel more equally weighted. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of people just look at Miranda, I think in those early, the first two seasons when we first meet Steve as being just rigid and mean to him. Yeah. I'm like, no, he's a fucking scrub who was throwing basketballs at her Ralph Lauren walls. Get the fuck out. We'll never forgive him for that ever. And leaving his ever, own, ever. you know, his little his poop stains. His shit stains every yeah. which way. Sick. Using his hand to wipe his ass. Sick as fuck. Disgusting. Let's talk about Samantha. Yeah, please. So she's really struggling in with her relationship with Maria. And what I want to just start by saying this is I don't know what the fuck is going on in this show with their con- concept of lesbians. I don't know. Maybe it's because we don't see a ton of lesbian visibility that we have to throw on all of this on to Maria. Like that this is the show's kind of idea of lesbians because we mm-hmm. really see the power lesbians. Then we see Maria now. And I don't know that we see another it could, another lesbian until the end of the sh- Ever? <laughs> like... Yeah, I'm like, I don't think we ever dive back into that. Oh, I guess Charlotte's nanny in the second movie is a lesbian. But we never really get another character. So just this whole view of Maria's like, so needy and not understanding of of Samantha's past. It just feels very like, I don't know, kind of icky to me. Yeah, it's very like. Pigeonholed. Yes, it's like just because she's a lesbian doesn't mean that she's like she a, wants to sit at home in a bathtub all day and talk like, about feelings, you know? Like, like that's that also doesn't feel consistent with the Maria we met the last two episodes, right? Like she seems like a pretty cosmopolitan, out there person who has a big social life in mm-hmm. the last. No, maybe that's because she wasn't in a relationship, and now they're saying like lesbians are nesters. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. So they go out and Samantha's whole past is basically confronting her. The bartender's like, I'll make you a mojito and then I get off at four. And I just want to say, and then another guy's like, you want me to pull in through the late shift? I'm like, Samantha, how like late are these men fuck like they're coming over at 4 a.m. I would be all hours of the night. I'll say that again. I they're coming all hours hours of of the the night. I would be so tired. Oh, you could never. I could never. Even with a nap, you still couldn't. Oh, no. I'm st- With a nap, I'm still in bed by 10. And so they're taking a bath. They're just, which I'm like, again, I know what, I don't know. Shout out to all the shorties who are lesbians. Maybe you guys are taking a lot of baths and hanging out by candlelight. It seems like a lot of work to me. A lot. Um, 
and the idea of bathing being in a bathtub with another person just seems weird to me because there's not enough room yeah but remember when aiden and carrie went in that bathtub and i'm like how the fuck was he fitting room in that bathtub not even a little bit logically they filmed it you're right it was crazy and Sam just can't handle the talking. She's completely over it. And then Sean shows up to the door. And I, I need to hear this because I'm obsessed with this. Please. I'm sorry. You get away from the door, motherfucker, before I call the cops. Okay, good night. And with that, Maria released Samantha's ghost and confronted Samantha. You let men... Come to your door like this in the middle of the night? Let it go. It's all in the past. No, it's not in the past. It's uh, serving his drinks. It's uh, on the answer machine. It's at your door in the middle of the night. All right, this might come as a shock to you, but I used to have sex with men. This man was here for nothing but sex. Yes, which I used to enjoy and haven't had much of since I got into this relationship. You call this a relationship? Well, it's tedious and the sex is dwindling, so from what I've heard, yes. If you have something to say to me... I have nothing to say to you. I am fresh out of things to say to you. All we ever do is talk, talk, talk. The talking in our relationship has replaced the fucking in our fucking relationship. I don't want talk. I want passion. I want fireworks! Oh! Do you want a fireworks? I saw you fireworks! <laughs> That's fireworks! Oh! What are you doing? Stop it! So before we break this down any further, I do have to say that you know, upon many rewatches, and this is something but even before this one, mm-hmm. I'm not sure much. Again, it's because of the lack of visibility that we're putting all of this on one Latinx woman. There is something a little bit about like, oh, she's now this fiery Latin woman. I'm like throwing yeah. things that I'm a little uncomfortable with. Yeah, I will say I think Sonia Braga completely sells it. The scene is kind of funny. You never really, there's no creeping, at least for me, into like feeling that Samantha's in danger. Right. Like, it doesn't feel inappropriate. It's funny enough. It just feels a little like, oh, boy, what is, like, these writers? What are they thinking about Latinx people? Well, yeah, and then also just with this idea that, like, with lesbians who, like, they don't have, like, casual sex. Right. Like, Like, there's this whole... There's this whole idea that Samantha... Like, you don't think Maria ever caught, like, some strange, you know? That she can't even... That, oh, this man only came here for sex. And it's like, well, first and foremost, didn't you basically try to fuck Samantha in your apartment? Like... Right. Like, while you guys were paying... It's just kind of like, let's chill. Like, I think that there's this weird binary created here. I do have to say I was really laughing when Sean said, okay, bye, after she said she was going to call the cops. (laughs) He went from like I got hard just walking up the steps to just like this really sweet guy. Yeah, he was like, "All right, all right, guy, bye guys, bye girlies." (laughs) Oh, Sam Jones could never. No, what a king! He was wild. (laughs) I love. Imagine had he been at the door, Maria really would have lost her shit. Yeah, she would have. That actually would have been a great callback had he shown up again. I would have died. I'm back. (laughs) Oh my god! I literally would have screamed. But I wanted to point out the one thing I was thinking about while watching this is the lack of sex um, sex scenes, breakup scenes oh. on Sex in the City that I feel like this, one of the reasons this scene really st- stands out is, is that more often than not, we pan away with a Carrie voiceover before mm-hmm. we see the conversation or the fight. And mm-hmm. this is such a show about dating, and yet it doesn't have a ton of um really realistic breakups that for more casual dating. Right. That there are times in which you date someone for a few weeks. They The show seems to have this concept of you're either dating very, like, casually or incredibly seriously. And that the only time mm-hmm. a breakup happens is when it has been, like, between Big and Carrie or Big and Aiden and mm-hmm. Charlotte and Trey or it's, like, got to be Brandon serious. Steve, yeah. Whereas I love that this one is like, it happened, it went on for a few weeks. There's this investment, but there's also this kind of 
ability to quickly move on because it hasn't been that difficult. Like even I think when she dated um, the politician Bill Kelly for a few weeks, we don't really see their breakup on screen. Not really, no. We, we, we just see them see, disagree. We see them disagree, and then it cuts to her having written the article about him and him in the coffee shop. Mm. But we don't see them negotiating a kind of how do you end a short-term relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the reasons this storyline feels impactful is because we see it begin and end in a way we don't see a lot of other relationships on the show. Yeah. No, I agree with everything you're saying. And then so Maria comes back with the strap on. And then... They break she blows up. out. She literally blows out Samantha's back. I didn't understand why Miranda didn't understand what a like. How does a strap on like it? Is that confusing? Um, I didn't really I get like so. You, how I don't understand. Just and like I, the mechanics of it. Like you put it on. You strap it on. You should understand. Like, yeah, but like it's like you have a dick. Okay. Like, I don't, like, when she was like, but how does it really work? I was like, do you, how can you not understand this? You've had yeah. sex with men before. I don't think it's that difficult to understand, is it? It's not, like, difficult. I think it was more just shocking that Samantha did that. I, again, and see, maybe I don't find that that. I was like, I'm sure she's probably already strapped one on before. Really? Samantha's definitely pegged. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. I'm I think sure she has. Most of yeah. the men we've seen on this show. She definitely pegged Smith. Oh. For sure. For oh, sure. and Richard, he was pegging. Oh. <laughs> Let's get into Carrie. Let's talk Carrie. <sighs> well, Raven's cue back. that Darth Vader music if we had it, because he's back. He's back, and he's looking good. Boy. He, when he, that sea parts. We'll get there. Oh. <sighs> First, I want to talk about, so we chatted a little bit within the Miranda storyline. When she goes and takes the plant over, I love this scene. The mulberry bush? Mulberry bush, and she's trying to negotiate seeing him. And then Steve, that fucking moron, is like, oh, I invited you, Carrie. I thought it made Miranda feel a little more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, uh, Okay. Like, then she bolts the fuck out of there. Yeah. I do wish she'd fallen just to give us some continuity. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was just, all right. So she is bopping out of um the bar out of Scout. That... Out of Scout. Which is what actually you... a really cute name for a bar. What did you think of the aesthetic of the bar, though? Now, I have to remember it's 2001. So maybe that would have been chicer or hip then. I don't know. That wood it was felt just, like, dark and dingy. That's yeah. what Natasha's feels too. Like, but I love when like she's like running her hands over the bar and she's like, but Aiden is everywhere. I will say like, I did... shut the fuck up. Uh, oh, I was gonna say I really related to her there. <laughs> Wait, how? I so I was in a relationship in my early twenties and we lived together on a street. And then my last serious relationship, he lived in the building that was operated by the same people right next to the original building. Mm -hmm. And their apartments were almost identical. And it took a very long time for me not to be able to feel the presence of that. So I understood when she said I could kind of feel and see him everywhere yeah. because I have walked into a place and been like, oh, Jesus, this really does carry, carry yeah. energy. Yeah. Okay. I love that. A little. I love when you like drop like little tidbits about your life. Just a few. Just a you. few. Nothing people listening to this podcast. <laughs> and I love each and every one of you. So she, Steve, she finds out Steve's invites her. She runs the F out. And she admits that she is ambiguous about her feelings. And then she goes home and she sits in that goddamn chair. Did you feel emotional about her kind of taking things off and sitting there? I think the show wants you to feel like, okay, the presence of Aiden is back. I think that that's exactly like what I felt. Like in this moment, you know that he's now where he's coming back, but you don't know what that really looks like yet. Like you don't know if he's the old Aiden, the new Aiden. Like it's really, it's really good. And there is something really kind of moving and interesting about the idea that at this point in the show, there is no physical representation of Big in her apartment. Mm -hmm. 
Um, there is of Aiden. There is of Aiden. And of course, and then just like that, she has to rectify and kind of figure out how to carry the things. Oh, Jesus. Carry. I don't they really thought about that when they named her. I don't know what they thought. I don't think Candace Bushnell was thinking of that. I think she was no. like, my name's almost like Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> it starts with a C. Come on. Come on the podcast, Candace. Oh. Um, I love that she has to then, with his clothing and some of the things they shared, and even his ashes, begin to um have an exorcism of Big's ghost. And mm-hmm. ultimately, she I don't think that chair is still in her apartment. I, um, I think it goes by the wayside. I don't think yeah. we ever really see where it goes. Like, I'll be interested when we get to the first movie, if the chair is there before she redecorates. And then it goes away. Yeah, because I don't think we ever see it. No, we definitely it's it remains there. I believe for the rest of the series. Oh, the whole series. But yes, because she I'm, definitely but in the sits movies in and in just like that, like we're not seeing. Yeah, but because she definitely sits in it a few times right after they break up. Mm-hmm. Um, it, certainly right after their big breakup at the end of the season, she sits yeah. in it when he leaves. Um, and reads his note that says like, "Hey, you have five days to buy this apartment and get the fuck out." petty ass i can't wait to talk about that so then she goes to the bar and we have that classic slow-mo moment that i know means so much to so many of you including me i know i include you in the 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 mini it it's like i can't even explain it like seeing like the people part and seeing him and all his like sexy glory like you're like who the fuck is that? Because I like the first time around, I'm sure there were tons of people that obviously were Team Aiden, but they were like, "I'm not really." Were like, they? No, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, like when the show was originally airing, people were like, "Oh, I loved Aiden, but he's like aesthetically like not my type." And so when he comes back looking all GQ'd up and sexy, okay, let's not discourage the great magazine GQ. I think he looked so fucking good, and that that sexy nod. Like I can't. First and foremost, and I want to say like a dummy. I want to completely say fuck this show for stealing the visual language that is meant to be between Carrie and Big. Slow moves are only for those two. Sorry. So I don't care for that. They could have created and found new visual language if they wanted to reintroduce this country bumpkin. He's now, a city boy. Now I have to say I do think he looks good. Thank God. I want to be very clear. I deeply believe, and we will see this and be able to track this for the rest of the season, that the reason I am into him in this particular episode is because it is Aiden putting on a performance for Carrie. He is trying to be perceived of as someone he is not. And in fact, if you listen to him when he's talking to Steve. He sounds more like the Aiden in the previous. I think it is actually John Corbett doing some interesting acting here. He's like, yeah, come back. We're going to wax the wood. And then he's like normal bumpkin ass suffering Aiden. Yeah. And then here he's aware Carrie's going to be there. I think Steve has told him like, hey, she dropped this plan off. I think he still had that long hair and turquoise jewelry when Steve and then she dropped that plan off. Yeah. He called up an he called up a hair cuttery. Went to he the first bounce. gap he could find on the side of the street and bought a basic white shirt. Yeah, but he looked so good. I know he finally took off his patterns. Yeah. His tunics. <laughs> his fucking pinky rings and handanas and moccasins. and fucking necklaces yeah he was sick like co-rings but he looked so good and then there's this moment but don't you but do you get my point though like even his voice is a little different he's performing sexiness i think he is acting for her and by the way i wish if he was like this if his season four performance Mm -hmm. had remained like this but the problem is he starts acting up like that old Aiden again. Talking about, you won't get my weed. I'll come out yeah. to the country with me. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Prospect Pete. No, you're so right. No, you're you're a hundred percent right. He is such a clown. He, I hate him. He is Prospect Pete. He is Kelsey Grammer in so Toy sick. Story Two. Just like, hi, come on, we're going to the country. 
He's I'm the green bear. I'm the green hornet. Where's my dog poo? Uh, he fooled us for but he is cool. But I appreciate that. And by the way, and maybe this isn't a great quality in me. I love the kind of aloof nature of him outside, whereas Aiden is so like open hearted and kind of mm-hmm. like. Ah, like, like where's his heart on his sleeve? Where's my bologna sandwich and chicken? <laughs> Whereas outside, he's just like, hey, like he's like, I thought you didn't want the kid. Like, there's something actually kind of oh. toy and alluring about him. Yeah. Although I was kind of like when she's like, I thought you didn't. Wa- Is it the cake? I thought you didn't want cake. I never not wanted the cake. I'm like, you two are fucking dumb. Just talk about what like talk yeah. about what's real here. There is a moment where a Carrie <laughs> looks like a sick baby bird trying to eat that piece of cake i hate it when he's like feeding it to her and her mouth like hangs i just it makes i do so i really sick. appreciate the um moment where she says to him you've got to be kidding me that you're smoking that oh and that they're yeah. both kind of a bit more in this gray space that it's not healthy or unhealthy it's a recognition of we can make mistakes mm-hmm I don't know. I understand the appeal of Aiden in this one episode, but I also think it is a complete... Even the going outside to make sure that she doesn't... Like, Aiden is on his pimp game here. Honestly, I think he might have called John James Preston and said, how do I run this bitch ragged? And he said, okay, you're going to stand on the other side of the bar and then disappear. Leaving her crazy ass to have nothing but the spiral and think about you. Then when she shows up, say one thing and run. Yeah. Smoke a cigar and just get the fuck out. And then Steve's dumbass pops out like, hey, partner. I'm like, these two are fucking Woody and that donkey. Like, <laughs> Woody and the donkey? Remember Woody got that sidekick? I don't know. My head's really in Toy Story 2. You really are. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you just recently watch? No. <laughs> the fucking just Woody, sideways Peter. <laughs> And he popped his little head out and was like, hey, it's time for our speech partner. It's Woody and the horse. Yeah. Yeah. I hate these two. They really deserve each other. Yeah. Um, But let's hear a little bit of their conversation outside and then wrap up. You're not seriously smoking it, are you? <laughs> Is that all you could carry, Karen? I can't eat my cake. Sure you can. Yeah. I got your fingers all in it. Ah, it's my cake. Now you want the cake? I never not wanted it. Okay, lady, you take the cake. Mm. <laughs> you cut your hair. You have frosting to do that. Hey, bud. Hey. Hey. It's time for a toast. I thought you were the silent partner. Glad you came. Good to see you, Carrie. Good to see you, too. I had confronted my ghost. I had accepted and released him. But now I was more haunted than ever. Because what I felt out there was no ghost. It was real. If Aiden was capable of remaining that cool, I would like him all through season four. Yeah. And instead he devolves into just... Madness. The bumpkin he is. Yeah. Once a bumpkin, always a bumpkin. And God bless all the bumpkins out there. Yeah. I don't know if it's sexy. I think the writing is a little too off to me. The I never not wanted the... It's just a little too like, okay. It's not giving... And he tasted like black cherries. It's definitely not giving that. Sorry to all the Petrotsky haters out there. We, they're not ready. They're not ready for what we're about to give them. When it comes oh, legs to are going to be on the wall. I'm not going to be able to record this uh, visually anymore when he's on screen. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, what did you think of the fashion this episode? I didn't really have huge fashion notes other than Carrie. I love her look at the kind of fin- the party. 
the at Scout. And I thought just outside of fashion, just aesthetically, Charlotte's hair looked beautiful this episode. Beautiful, silky smooth. Um, the one piece of fashion that really struck me was, was when Bunny Aiden shirt. Oh. Oh no, of course that. But when Bunny showed up um at that Macy's uh furniture department. And she was in that, like, pink – like, it was just so bunny. She had the bow in her hair, and she was very pink and very waspy. And it was like, this bitch is Do you back. think it's weird that Charlotte doesn't call her mom and still calls her bunny? No. Because the sister-in-law called her mom. I don't think it's weird. I, I think, think it is Charlotte... a nice, like, way of remote – like, that they're still not there yet. Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever be there. Which oh, We you know, know they're not. Yeah, we know that. And so, in terms of men and our alarming choices – We've got Trey, Steve, oh. Aiden, Sean, and the bartender. Aiden. I'm Are... going with Trey my Trey baby boy. No, I'm going with Aiden and that sexy buzz cut, that sexy shirt, that sexy look. Oh, my God. Have you ever Ugh. seen the movie Phantom Thread? No. Of course you haven't. Steven um, Spielberg? Paul Thomas Anderson. Have you ever heard of him? No. No. <laughs> Um, great director, Boogie Nights. Actually, that's one of that's his most famous movie, but my one of my least favorites of his. But that whole movie, it's the last performance by my king, DDL. Um, like ever? Yeah, he retired from acting after that movie. Although he had retired from acting before and came back. Are you okay? Day. I mean, that movie did come out in like 2014, so I've had oh. a long time. <laughs> You've had time to process. <laughs> okay, good. But no. But the answer is no. Okay. Um, but in that movie, um, and I won't spoil it in case you ever watch it or anyone else, but there's a whole concept of the idea that taking care of someone can be a part of loving someone. And I kept thinking about that when he was in that bed, because there's a line where she says, I want you on your back, all about to die. And then I want you better again. And that's how I kind of felt about Trey. Wow. What would you give this one out of 10? I would give it a nine. I would give it an 8.5. I thought this okay. was a really, I was ready to write it off, but ultimately this is a classic episode. Everyone's funny enough. And um, even though Aiden is back, we are heading into like really a prime level of the show. Is he mm -hmm. a demon from hell in my opinion? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. However, he his appearances often do coincide with some of the better parts of the entirety of this show. It's true. Um, with the exception of Sex and the City, too. Mm, we're not talking about that. I uh, can't wait to cover that. I watched half of it right before Thanksgiving, and wow. Yeah, you texted wow, wow. me, and you were like, Sam, I don't think we could talk about that. I don't think, there, I don't <laughs> think I could take it on. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week when we discuss Season 4, Episode 6, Baby Talk is Cheap. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? Hi. Or, not, why am I saying Hi. Girl, we are saying goodbye. We're trying to get out of here. <laughs> I have a job to do. Should um, I talk yeah. about Toy Story 2 more? <laughs> you can follow me at Bravo Historian on Instagram and at Take Your Zolf on Twitter. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.